Welcome to Bite at a Time Books, where we read you your favorite classics one bite at a time. My name is Brie Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. You'll also find our new t-shirts in the shop, including podcast shirts and quote shirts from your favorite classic novels. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes. But also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show, and YouTube, where we have special behind-the-narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear what inspired your favorite classic authors to write their novels— and what was going on in the world at the time, check out the Bite at a Time books behind the story podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Please note, while we try to keep the text as close to the original as possible, some words have been changed to honor the marginalized communities who've identified the words as harmful and to stay in alignment with Bite at a Time books' brand values. Today we'll be continuing Rainbow Valley by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Chapter 11. A Dreadful Discovery Well, you kids have gone and done it now, was Mary's greeting. As she joined them in the valley, Miss Cornelia was up at Ingleside holding agonized conclave with Anne and Susan, and Mary hoped that the session might be a long one, for it was all of two weeks since she had been allowed to revel with her chums in the dear Valley of Rainbows. Done what? demanded everybody but Walter who was daydreaming as usual. "'It's you manse, young ones, I mean,' said Mary. "'It was just awful of you. I wouldn't have done such a thing for the world. And I weren't brought up in a manse. Weren't brought up anywhere. Just come up.' "'What have we done?' asked Faith blankly. "'Done. You'd better ask. The talk is something terrible. I expect it's ruined your father and his congregation.' He'll never be able to live it down, poor man. Everybody blames him for it, and that isn't fair. But nothing is fair in this world. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. What have we done? Asked Una again, despairingly. Faith said nothing, but her eyes flashed golden-brown scorn at Mary. Oh, don't pretend innocence, said Mary witheringly. Everybody knows what you have done. I don't interjected Jim Blythe indignantly. Don't let me catch you making Una cry, Mary Vance. What are you talking about? I suppose you don't know, since you're just back from up west, said Mary, somewhat subdued. Jim could always manage her, but everybody else knows. You'd better believe. Knows what? That Faith and Una stayed home from Sunday school last Sunday and cleaned house. We didn't cried Faith and Una in passionate denial. Mary looked haughtily at them. I didn't suppose you'd deny it. After the way you've combed me down for lying, she said. What's the good of saying you didn't? Everybody knows you did. Elder Clough and his wife saw you. Some people say it will break up the church, but I don't go that far. You are nice ones. Anne Blythe stood up and put her arms around the dazed Faith and Una. They were nice enough to take you in and feed you and clothe you when you were starving in Mr. Taylor's barn, Mary Vance, she said. You are very grateful, I must say. I am grateful, retorted Mary. 
You'd know it if you'd heard me standing up for Mr. Meredith through thick and thin. I've blistered my tongue talking for him this week. I've said again and again that he isn't to blame if his young ones did clean house on Sunday. He was away, and they knew better. But we didn't, protested Una. It was Monday we cleaned house. Wasn't it, Faith? Of course it was, said Faith with flashing eyes. We went to Sunday school in spite of the rain, and no one came. Not even Elder Abraham for all his talk about fair-weather Christians. It was Saturday it rained, said Mary. Sunday was as fine as silk. I wasn't at Sunday school because I had a toothache. But everyone else was, and they saw all your stuff out on the lawn. And Elder Abraham and Mrs. Elder Abraham saw you shaking rugs in the graveyard. Una sat down among the daisies and began to cry. Look here, said Jim resolutely. This thing must be cleared up. Somebody has made a mistake. Sunday was fine faith. How could you have thought Saturday was Sunday? Prayer meeting was Thursday night, cried Faith, and Adam flew into the soup pot on Friday when Aunt Martha's cat chased him and spoiled our dinner. And Saturday, there was a snake in the cellar and Carl caught it with a forked stick and carried it out. And Sunday, it rained. So there. Prayer meeting was Wednesday night, said Mary. Elder Baxter was to lead and he couldn't go Thursday night, and it was changed to Wednesday. You were just a day out, Faith Meredith, and you did work on Sunday. Suddenly, Faith burst into a peal of laughter. I suppose we did. What a joke. It isn't much of a joke for your father, said Mary sourly. It'll be all right when people find out it was just a mistake, said Faith carelessly. We'll explain. You can explain till you're black in the face, said Mary. But a lie like that'll travel faster and further than you'll ever will. I've seen more of the world than you, and I know. Besides, there are plenty of folks who won't believe it was a mistake. They will if I tell them, said Faith. You can't tell everybody, said Mary. No, I tell you, you've disgraced your father. Una's evening was spoiled by this dire reflection. But Faith refused to be made uncomfortable. Besides... She had a plan that would put everything right, so she put the past with its mistake behind her and gave herself over to enjoyment of the present. Jim went away to fish, and Walter came out of his reverie and proceeded to describe the woods of heaven. Mary pricked up her ears and listened respectfully. Despite her awe of Walter, she reveled in his book talk. It always gave her a delightful sensation. Walter had been reading his Coleridge that day, and he pictured a heaven where... There were gardens bright with sinuous rills, or blossomed many an incense-bearing tree, and there were forests ancient as the hills, enfolding sunny spots of greenery. I didn't know there was any woods in heaven, said Mary, with a long breath. I thought it was all streets, and streets, and streets. Of course there are woods, said Nan. Mother can't live without trees, and I can't. So what would be the use of going to heaven if there weren't any trees? There are cities, too, said the young dreamer. Splendid cities, colored just like the sunset with sapphire towers and rainbow domes. They're built of gold and diamonds, whole streets of diamonds flashing like the sun. In the squares, there are crystal fountains kissed by the light, and everywhere the asphodel blooms the flowers of heaven. Fancy said Mary. I saw the main street in Charlottetown once, and I thought it was real grand. 
but I suppose it's nothing to heaven. Well, it all sounds gorgeous the way you tell it, but won't it be kind of dull, too? Oh, I guess we can have some fun when the angels' backs are turned, said Faith comfortably. Heaven is all fun, declared Di. The Bible doesn't say so, cried Mary, who had read so much of the Bible on Sunday afternoons under Miss Cornelia's eye, that she now considered herself quite an authority on it. Mother says the Bible language is figurative, said Nan. Doesn't that mean that it isn't true? asked Mary hopefully. No, not exactly. But I think it means that heaven will be just like what you'd like it to be. I'd like it to be just like Rainbow Valley, said Mary, with all you kids going to gas and play with. That's good enough for me. Anyhow, we can't go to heaven till we're dead and maybe not then. So what's the use of worrying? Here's Jem with a string of trout and it's my turn to fry them. We ought to know more about heaven than Walter does when we're the minister's family, said Una as they walked home that night. We know just as much, but Walter can imagine, said Faith. Mrs. Elliot says he gets it from his mother. I do wish we hadn't made that mistake about Sunday, sighed Una. Don't worry over that. I've thought of a great plan to explain so that everybody will know, said Faith. Just wait till tomorrow night. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books today, while we read a bite of one of your favorite classics. Again, my name is Brie Carlisle, and I hope you come back tomorrow for the next bite of Rainbow Valley. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com and check out the shop. You can check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the rest of the links for our show. We'd love to hear from you on social media as well.